So today we mentioned the martyrs that were the early men of the church, but yet today's gospel passage from the day um, talks about the women in Jesus's ministry. Now here, Luke mentions certain women who followed Jesus, but this would have been very unusual, very unusual. The passage is one in Luke of just several that focus on women. You recognize the others? Elizabeth, who absolutely played a key role. Anna of the temple, that's mentioned in Luke. The sinful woman who comes for forgiveness. Martha and Mary, the healing of the crippled woman, the parable of the woman with the lost coin. The judge, where the woman goes to appeal to the judge. And most of all, in the whole Bible, the description of women being the first to witness the resurrection. Now, this is really interesting. Because Jesus had a totally different attitude towards women than the religious teachers or preachers at that time. The rabbis refused to teach women and generally referred to them as inferior. Now, this was the sign of the times. We can't, that, that's the problem when we try to project our understanding of the world and culture today back on centuries past. This is why when we are now trying to destroy the founding fathers because of their approach on things, we are projecting our understanding on a culture that totally had a different understanding at the time. That would be like me if the doctor now put in the most advanced titanium screws and in, 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 um, uh, support rod into a broken leg, that why didn't that doctor do this 50 years ago for my grandpa? Well, it's a totally different time in understanding. But note that in the four Gospels, who are Jesus' enemies? Everyone was a man. Interesting. But the church here honors women now. They understand that. We've elevated the feast of Mary Magdalene now. We've, we've done other things. So these women, though, were a very mixed group, just like the disciples, right? You had Matthew, the tax collector, who should have not been able to survive with Simon the zealot because he should have killed him because he was an enemy of Israel. It was a mixed bag, and here we have a totally mixed bag of women. Who do they mention? All right, Mary Magdalene. Let's start with her. Um, Jesus cast out seven demons from her. It says that in scripture. And she had a dark past. All right. Then there was Joanna. She was the wife of Herod's chief financial officer. So she would have been a very high, probably wealthy lady of the court. So you have this high-level, wealthy, rich woman, royalty, if you will, and then you have this peasant, demonic-affected, lower-class citizen in Mary Magdalene. Yet they came together. It's amazing to find that these two women were in the same company, but that's what Jesus does. And then there's Susanna. Who's Susanna? We really don't know much about her. Not much is mentioned other than what we see here. So the question becomes, 
are we going to be more like the apostles? All right, the apostles cared more about their status. Who's the greatest? Jesus always reprimanded them, right? They're trying to figure out who's the greatest. But these women here were happy to just serve quietly in the background, generously giving of their time and their resources without expecting anything in return. And yet here are the apostles arguing about who's greater or who's the greatest. All right, so this is the problem with our sinfulness. Our tendency is want to be honored. And Jesus, however, came and said, no, uh-uh, you come to serve, not be served. So this is why I think the gospel honors these women. They imitated Jesus even more than the 12 apostles at this time. Now, the apostles ended up becoming saints, but it's a growth. So basically, I think the message here is that it's not always person in the foreground. All right who's doing the greatest work. I say this all the time. To me, the success of divine mercy isn't just the priests in front of the camera speaking it, it's the people behind the scenes like Brother Mark and Brother Ken. You don't see them in front of the camera, but this doesn't happen without them. It's like cameraman Giuseppe. Again, not in front of the camera, but this doesn't happen without him. Our, our ministry today has reached millions because of those behind the scenes. It's not the one in front always, it's the one behind. And that's what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying the greatness here is in these humble women who supported without being drawn attention to. I, I think that's awesome. <clears throat> So many of the people in history, their greatest helpers are in the background, unseen, but essential. You know, I think of my own father. You know, my father did this great thing and this great thing, but yet behind it all was my mom. He wouldn't have done any of that without my mom. My mom was the, the, the engine behind him, so, or the gas in the engine, or the fuel tank, you know? So unlike the apostles, they took pride in being chosen. I'm one of the 12, who's the greatest? These women did not seek position or privilege at all. That wasn't their style. Jesus touched them, and they were grateful to do anything for him, even menial. That's why in our own religious community, we have to be careful not to be um, seemed like, oh, I'm not respected because I was asked to do some menial work. I look at, here's another unsung hero, Brother David. You've probably never heard of Brother David. You've probably never met Brother David. You've probably never seen Brother David. But let me tell you, Brother David is one of the most incredible people you will ever meet. If you want to see him, you'll see him around the grounds pulling weeds, cutting down tree limbs, raking the grass, mowing the lawn. You'll see Brother David building brick walls. You'll see Brother David hauling rocks. Yet you'll never see Brother David getting a bunch of fanfare. Brother David is a perfect example. He's like these ladies in humility. They brought their gifts. Brother David has a tremendous gift, a gift of helping us to keep this shrine going. It's amazing. And so these women brought their gifts and their resources. They helped support Jesus. And so the women are important. The Bible has different roles for them. Yes, not the same as men. 
We're not obliterating gender lines. We're not redefining gender. They're equal, yes, but different. It's the way it is. So now Paul says this an interesting thing about equality. I just read this in a commentary this morning. You know, St. Paul says in the Bible, in Christ there is no slave or free man, no Jew or Greek, no male or female. Like, oh, there you go, Father. He obliterated, he obliterated gender lines. No, no, no. It's not what Paul's doing. He's talking about there's no difference in equality. There is a difference in ontological and difference in biological, but there's no difference. They are equal in goodness. God created them male and female. He didn't say he created them 26 genders or he created one gender. Created them male and female, equal in dignity. And so this was radical at the time because the social divisions in the ancient world said otherwise. Free men were better than slaves, right? They had huge advantages for Greeks and Gentiles, um, or I should say for Jews over Greeks or Gentiles. Jews were better than the Greeks and the Gentiles, and males were superior to the females. That's what Paul is trying to obliterate, I remember seeing that in one of the arguments of transgenderism, that St. Paul himself said there is no male or female. You gotta understand the context. What he's saying is not that there's two genders. Again, we go back to God's own words. He created the male and female. What he's talking about is there's no difference in dignity, in equality of the dignity of the human person. There is absolute differences in biological and, and the structure of the male and the female and the role of the male and the female. The, the male gives. That's why the priest is a male. He gives, he pours his seed of life. The female, she receives. Both are imperative. Both are needed, but they're different. As the male he gives, as the female she receives, and then she fosters that, and then she gives birth to new life. Sorry, the male doesn't give birth in that way. He gives the seed for that birth. And so here's what we have, a misunderstanding again, twisting even St. Paul's words. But anyway, Jesus wasn't, you know, about making the dignity of the male or the female less or greater than each other. He kept them separate. They were different. He didn't have females as one of the 12 apostles. That didn't mean they were any less. He had them part of his inner circle. Joanna, Susanna, Mary Magdalene. They're just different, but equal. That's all we have to understand in our society today, but that has been so twisted. Now, Jesus, though, wasn't too proud to have them in his group. In fact, he took donations from them. Well, these people seemed inferior. They were inferior to the views of the time, but not to Jesus. Well, you can't take donations from somebody inferior, and you shouldn't be taking donations at all. Just the other day, I answered another long email that somebody attacking us for asking for donations. How are we supposed to keep the lights on? 
how are we supposed to be able to get to our ministry? How are we supposed to be able to print the books to teach this faith? How are we supposed to be able to get to you what you're watching on the computer, the cameras, the equipment? It takes donations. I'm not going to hide that fact, but that's not what we're all about. We're all about the ministry. Yeah, and that ministry does require funding, unfortunately. That's just the way it is. And God provides. You shouldn't count on donations. God provides. Well, that's how God provides. He provides for beautiful people like you, Marian helpers, to be able to help this ministry continue. And then you are an apostle too. How do you think Jesus did his ministry? It says in the Bible, the women provided out of their resources. It says it right there. The women provided out of their resources for Christ's ministry. Jesus had to eat too. And Jesus wasn't going to steal the food. Now, he could have just pointed his finger and made a loaf of bread, and he did that at the multiplication of the loaves. <laughs> but that wasn't normally what he did. And so we see the humble nature of Jesus. He made himself dependent on others. Here's the Lord and creator of the universe, and he's dependent on a three humble women to provide Joanna was probably the biggest. We don't ever think of Joanna. We don't ever think of her. But she was the wife in the high court. She was the one funding this whole ministry, not the 12 apostles. They weren't funding it. It was some unknown, unheralded, unrecognized woman named Joanna. That's fascinating. And so Jesus was humble enough to accept from her, accept donations and dependent on her. Here's the creator of the universe dependent. And so are we. That doesn't make us bad because we accept donations. That makes us followers of Christ so that we can focus on bringing you the message of mercy. I mean, that's, that's the whole point. That's the beautiful point. Now, Jesus didn't have to. We said this. He could have just created all the money or all the food in the world that he wanted. He didn't have to. But Jesus was humble enough to receive from others. And that's what we Marian fathers try to understand. And the reason I'm bringing this into this talk today is because of that letter I got yesterday. Condemning us and criticizing us for, for receiving donations. It just... It's just what Jesus did, right? Many of us are too proud to receive help from others. I don't think that's right. I'm too proud to receive from you. No, we're dependent. Thank God for you and our Marian helpers that allow us to do this ministry, that allow us to be able to, to teach and preach. Sometimes, and this is interesting, the ability to humbly receive is more like Jesus than the ability to give. Now, why is that? Because when we give, we usually see an arrogance. I'm better than you. Let me help you. All right? And now that I've given to you, you owe me. It puts the superiority. I give to you. Now, you're indebted to me. No, that's not the way of Jesus. Giving may make us think that we're in a higher place than somebody else, but receiving puts us in a humbler place. 
Don't think that it humbles me every day when we receive help from you all, our Marian helpers, that allow us to do what we do, to be able to be able to have the ability to reach you, to go out, to be able to preach and teach. And so this is humbling. We're dependent, just like Jesus was on Joanna, Susanna, and others. And so finally, the last thing I wanted to mention is there is a term used for women who supported Jesus in his mission. Do you know what that term is? Diaconia, from which we get the word deacon. It may refer to the office of deacon. This is interesting, but actually the Bible says deaconess. It's different. The deaconess was created in the early church. This is true. They were servants in the early church, but only to women and to be able to assist them in their physical needs. It was not the same as the ordained ministry of deacon. And so people will also twist that, twist that into saying that the church is sexist. Again, no, equal, but different. You've heard me say before, a cloistered nun is one of the highest callings in the entire world, even more than a diocesan priest. That doesn't make them unequal, makes them sometimes in some ways greater, but different. Because a man is not gonna be a cloistered nun and a woman will not be in persona Christi because Christ is a man. We all are created in the image of Jesus Christ, but in a different way. So praise be to God. I hope that makes sense because in our world today, we want to obliterate all of that understanding. We want to change it and redefine it. We can't change who God made us, but we certainly can recognize that we are all dependent upon him. And God sets it up that we're dependent on him through others. That's humbling. And praise be to God and thank you to all of you, our Marian helpers, who that we depend on to be able to do what we do and bring the message of mercy to the world. Thanks, thank you, and, um, and may God bless you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, 
prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.